You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Alan and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Alan Jerry's post-game podcast. All right, midweek. It's a Wednesday podcast for you. Al Dukes, what is up? What is up, Jerry? I've been uh, working on Best of Boomer and Carton that's going to run over the July 4th weekend. It's just an hour long. Right. Um, so I could give a little tease on some of the things that we have. I would uh, love to know up. what we're settling on because mine would, did not make the cut that I suggested. Uh, it might make the cut still. It's oh. uh, hanging in there because of time. And the other thing is like all the things that are either times, you know, I don't know. Who knows, Jerry? This has been a bit of a a disastrous uh, attempt at getting things uh, done. But here's here's one thing that I that I needed to be in there, and it is in there and did make the cut, and that is your "Give Me Cash" rant and <laughs> Russell Westbrook for MVP. The date on that one, Jerry, March twenty eighth, two thousand seventeen. Oh, okay. And the thing I love that about it is... That was the same is, rant? It was all the same rant, yeah. Really? It okay. was in the first update of the day. So okay. 6.30. Craig was being super annoying that morning. <laughs> Shocking. He had found gift cards in his office. <laughs> yes. That's $500 starting, gift cards. I'm starting to remember. He had found in his office, and he was dangling them in front of all of us that who's going to earn a gift card today you know what are you going to do right so you're going through and the build-up is really awesome i don't have the full build-up because it would have taken too much time out of the hour right but the build-up is you know he's telling you you're missing stories in your update but you're still doing your update so maybe you just hadn't gotten to them yet he's arguing basketball which there were times where he would not watch games but would still argue as if he did and you had seen the games and you guys are just going back and forth. There's a little tension going and then he's telling you that, you know, maybe you're not going to earn a gift card and you go, well, I'm not a pauper. You know, give me the gift card or don't give me a gift card. Like, that's fine, you know. Right. And then he asked you what you would do with your gift card and you said you would give yours to Bob Dwyer. He said, you're not allowed to do that. So there was just this tension going back and forth. And then you just went into, you know what? If you're going to dangle this card in front of me like like I'm some sort of seal and you have fish. And then you just went off. And then you turned it into the Russell Westbrook MVP thing just because that had you guys had been arguing about that earlier. So you went right into that. It is so funny. I've never laughed so hard still like hearing it. 
is just so hilarious. And just hearing the drops that Eddie plays still constantly in their natural form. What's unbelievable. So great. I don't have any recollection that that was all part of the same conversation, if you will. That's amazing. In fact, no one spoke. Like, once you started being the acting like the seal no one else spoke they let you everyone just let you go (laughs) and you went right into the uh, singing i love russell westbrook (laughs) oh boy i can't wait for this it is really good so (laughs) uh that's in there uh brooke lopez silence of the lambs is in there that's a good one i like that you know but i had we you know uh and dove's editing these and taking out you know the like the boring Nets talk that we had to do before the we got sure. into the this stuff. So uh, that's coming up on Saturday. So we got that. Uh, something that was on the show sheet that we almost got to at the end of the warm-up show, which we both wanted to discuss, is uh, a guy from HGTV, Tarek yeah. and Christina. We've yeah. seen all seen their show, and yeah. they've been divorced now. Yeah. Uh, a lot Christina, of weird stuff behind the scenes there. Yeah, Christina is remarried, has a kid with this uh, guy, which they they do not seem to go together at all, her and her new husband. Okay. I don't I've think seen I've the seen show. him. I've seen him on this show that she does where she is the star, but he's kind of like in the background. Right. They don't go together. But this Tarek El Musa, he's, and he's been with this woman for a little while now, Heather Ray Young. Yes, I actually Googled her when I saw the show yeah. sheet, and wow, same, same person, you're right. They look the same. Like, yeah. like, this woman looks like his wife, his first wife, Christina. Uh, exactly like her, and it makes me wonder, so I had this thought in my head yeah. after I read it and after I looked at the photos, and I, I love the show, I do, and I even like uh, the Tarek's new one. I haven't seen Christina's new one, but yeah. I like Tarek's new one where he helps, you know, um, pro people that want to be flippers, you know, he gets them out of binds that they get in and he helps get them through the process. I think it's a really good show. First time flippers. Right. That's the name of it. I've seen like six or seven episodes, I would say. Not more than that. Maybe five or six. But it's good. And so when I saw your your note on the show sheet, I went and Googled her. And my thought went through my head like, if you end up breaking up with your girlfriend or your wife, and I don't mean a girlfriend of three months. I mean someone you've been with. I mean, in this case, they had two, I think two children, maybe three, but I think two. Two. Um, they'd been together for at least, I would say six or seven years had to have been at least that maybe longer, maybe 10 years, whatever, you know, in my case, I'm married for 21 years and I'm together almost 30. Um, I wonder like, would you go after someone that looks just like your ex? Like, I would think, no, I would think you want to get away from that. Yes. Like that to me was staggering that he picked a woman that looked just like his ex. Now I understand you don't always know who you're going to fall for. I get it. I understand that. But I would think walk away from that. Yeah, I think most people go with the like an opposite look. So if you were, were married to a, a blonde woman, you'll go brunette. Well, I mean, I think it can be blonde. It can't be blonde that looks like they're identical twin, though. Right. So I'm with you on that. But I do agree that you, there's got to be some sort of a change. Yeah. I totally agree with you. Very, very odd. Very odd. Uh, and then that kind of got me thinking, and I actually Googled this this morning. Um, you know, I got the bath fitter people came in and put a new, like, shower bathroom in. But I, but I have to do the tile and the vanity and that sort of thing. Right. I'm not going to do the tile by any means. I'll have someone do that. But in order for me to get the place ready for the tile person, I have to remove the old vanity. Right. 
because I'm going to replace it. It's old. Right. Is that something you think I could do? I do. Removing a vanity without destroying the like why why are the vanities connected to the wall? Depends. Well, because it's usually a mirror, right? You don't want it to fall and shatter. See, a lot of times, like no, like these vanities are are the the mirror is separate on the wall, and then the vanity is also up against the wall, but not attached to the mirror. Oh, I don't know the answer to that then. And I googled how to do it. It's like they they you're supposed to like take like a razor blade and cut where it's uh, connected to the wall. And that, hmm. that just seems like a whole thing. I feel like I'm going to just rip my entire wall off. If that's the case, then you might want to have someone do it. Hmm. Like if you're not sure, I would always say if you're really not sure and it's something that can absolutely just bury your project yeah, or ruin it and then you're going to end up needing more time to fix it, spending more money to fix it. Yeah. At that point, it might be worth your time to hire someone like a handyman that can just go in and get the job done and get in and out in an hour and a half. Like a handyman could come in. I would think. Take it out. Here we go. The question is, is it a big enough job for him to waste his time to do it? I mean, that's the one thing I always wonder about. You know, is the guy going to come over for a job that might take him 45 minutes? What is he going to charge you? 150 bucks? Right. You're You're not paying a guy $200 an hour, you know, to do something like that, but... Um, that would, I, yeah, I understand your concern. You don't want to completely ruin the wall and you end up with a bigger mess than you started with. Yes. Yeah. Hi. And then I also Hello. got, got Hello. wondering like, why do we, like when, like when places are built, they put the vanity in first, then they do the flooring. And oh, then we, and then you end up putting the flooring around it because it saves the money. I guess. Yeah. I, I guess mean, like when you're doing a like a condo complex. Yeah. And if you're doing that and you're putting in 300 units and not, you know, you might only be saving, let's say eight tiles a unit. Well, multiply that times 300. Yeah. And all of a sudden you just saved the, especially if you're putting in decent tile, you just saved a lot of money. But it's weird. Yeah. It's weird. Like when you look though at these, when you look to put a new vanity in, some of them are just on legs. They're not solid on the bottom where you'd be gluing it to the floor. Right. Sure. That's what I think I want to do. Then do make that, it then. easier. Yeah, make it easy. Well, it's funny. Even even G said when he was talking about his house the other day, and he's so right about this. He's like, you know, I love my house, but God, it was definitely one of those two thousands home built where yeah. the contractors, you know, they do it by the book. I'm not saying they're doing anything illegal, but they don't use the most expensive materials. They are cutting corners where they can to save money to to you know make the biggest profit that's possible and to be able to pay their guys. It's not like you know, let's be honest, a home that was built like your girlfriend's back in 1920, the home I used to live in that was built, I think, in 1953 or 54. It was an old house. But I got to tell you, the walls were rock solid in those things. Yeah. And it was just built differently with different, more, I want to say more quality material, but more durable materials. And as we've gone on and on and on, we get bigger and better, but not necessarily more quality, if that makes sense. It does make sense. So I think that's part of it. I do. I think that's part of it. They're saving money. And what about removing a toilet? Could I do that? Oof. Be careful, my man. Now you're talking about water. Right. Uh, be yeah, careful. I should just call a plumber for that. I would not. That's one thing I would never fool around with. A toilet? Yeah, I wouldn't. I would It'll... fool around with the sink. The yeah. toilet? No chance. <laughs> God, no chance. If that ever got backed up, oh, God, no. No, no, yeah. no, no. You'll be one... Then you'll be welcoming Whimsy's diarrhea. Right. Yeah, I'd pass on that one. Okay. 
So maybe look. Maybe here's what I'll do. I'll look at the vanity underneath and see if it looks like I could remove it. Yes. If not, just call a handyman. Probably, if you can find one. Yes. I need a Tarek. I need my own Tarek to come in and with like a one of those sledgehammers that are soft. What do you call those soft hammers? A like rubber the, mallet. Yeah, a mallet, and just like knock, uh, knock the thing. When I watch these shows, they do demo. They just come in with hammers and just start smashing everything. Yeah, because everything's going in a dumpster and they're taking it down to the studs. Oh. I would. I really. I would love to take, even if it was like a six-month cl- uh, uh, class. And I know a lot of that is really on-the-job training. The more you do something, the more you know how to do it. Yeah. But I would love to take some sort of a construction course to learn the basics, to then go out and learn by making mistakes, but at least understanding the mistakes I'm making. Right. You know, like if I have some basis of knowledge, and then I go in and do something, ah, that was wrong, but at least I know why it was wrong. That would make, I would love to do that because to me, the notion of um, buying homes, fixing them up, selling them, I think it's awesome. I think because it serves so many different purposes. A, you, it can become a big business for you, number one. So you're going to make money, which is great. Two, you can help a poorly looking, poorly kept home. You can kind of. Uh, revitalize it and it helps the neighborhood and three you can end up putting someone in a really nice home that they don't have to walk in and do you know 19,000 projects when they get in it right I think it'd be awesome and it's fun and you're kind of doing it for yourself maybe you come over we'll just start taking a hammer to some stuff in here oh I'm in I am so in Let's knock some walls down. I have, a sl- I have a sledgehammer in the shed. I'll be and I, and, I, and I have a rubber mallet. Oh, I give perfect. you the mallet, I'll take the sledgehammer. We'll get some goggles, Jerry. We'll just start knocking some walls down in here. I wear sunglasses. Is that not enough? Sunglasses? That feels like enough. I feel like it's protecting my eyes. It's Me too. It's probably not, but that's what I usually wear. Right, if, if, if something came in through the side. Al and Jerry's boring demo. Let's go. Let's do it. It's like the 17,000th business I've come up with for me and you. We haven't done one of them yet. Or demo Jesus company. Christ. What if we did them all? Do you ever think of that? Just all of a sudden just start like, doing all the businesses we've like dis- every, discussed. Yeah. Every time we come up with a concept, we find we find someone to invest, and we do it. And we end up with like 17 different things, and we end up with an enterprise. Like Shark Tank. The Shark Tank people. We end up with a corporation. And then corporation. maybe me and you get to sit in those chairs. Sharks. No, well, we're the sharks. Oh, we'd be like, you know what? I'm going to make you an offer. You're not going to like it, but I'm going to make you an offer. It's going to be a sharky an offer. Yeah. I'm in. Let's it's, go. Let's start with the coffee shop. I'm going to need uh, 90%, though, because it's just not worth my time. I'll make a deal. You find the coffee shop. I'll find mm-hmm. the pizza pe- pizza place. Okay. That's, where we, that's where we start. And we'll demo it ourselves with our new demo company. We're making seven figures year one. Wow. That would be something, Jerry. <laughs> that would be something. I don't think we could do the radio show, though. <laughs> no, probably not. We'd have to start early on the, our demo. Right, but we're still doing 5 to 6. Oh, yeah, definitely <laughs> still doing 5 to 6 because we'll be we up have, early anyway. We have to give our two weeks notice, but we're going to keep doing 5 we're to 6 do, if you do uh, What are you going to pay us for that? <laughs> the same you're paying us now. Oh, nothing? <laughs> and finally, Jerry, a caller brought up a great question that during yeah. this pandemic, uh, people hoarded toilet paper. Yeah. Where is all that toilet paper now? On the Is shelves. it just in, in people's basements now? Yeah, I think that's possible. Yeah. Because I bought a big thing of toilet paper before the toilet paper shortage hit. I right. still haven't opened it yet. I believe it. I think it's all in everybody's houses. That's why it's also why it's readily available in every store you walk into. Right. Because everybody's got it stored in their basement or their yeah. bathroom closets. 
I told you, we still have the industrial uh, toilet yeah. paper I bought. And you'll so, use that, right? Well, Because you, you don't want that to go to waste. No, it's fine. Nothing wrong with it. Yeah. It's just four times the size. Plus, if there's, if, there's a, if there's a recurrence or whatever they're calling it, people will panic again and buy more toilet paper. Right, but my secret go-to now is the industrial-sized yeah. toilet paper. You, get, you literally get enough for six months. <laughs> for a family of four. Yeah, I think Kim literally just threw the box out. Yeah. I think this past weekend. So think about it. We are now in July. I bought that in I bought that in March when people started losing their minds. Yeah. So I've had that box for three months, and we still have two or three rolls um, in the house. That's funny. That is. I like it. Industrial toilet paper in the Reco house. All right, Jerry, the warm-up program is next. It was a terrific one this morning, and we will see you tomorrow being Thursday. Yeah, I thought today was Thursday. Such a shame. All no, right, well, today's only good. Wednesday. Yeah. All right, we will uh, see you tomorrow. So. Good morning, campers. It's the warm-up show with Alan Jerry. No longer the shortest show on WFAN. Now it's a tie. All right, what do you say we do this on July 1st? Always a disappointing day because, to me, it means we're on the other side of the mountain for the year. His name is Al Dukes. He's staring at the ocean. The sun's going to come up soon. Hopefully his dog doesn't have to go out in the next hour. Until then, we say good morning. Oh, hi, Jerry. Uh, July 1st, to me, that's the official start of summer for me, so I'm looking forward to it. We still have all. Listen, when you wake up this morning, you still have all of July. You still have all. All of August. But it's kind of like it's kind of like when you turn 51. It's like you wake up on your birthday, which, by the way, for you is coming up in a couple months. A couple months, 51. And at 51, you're now on the other side of the mountain. Right. No good. For you're me, right. I love May and June, and now it's July. As much as I will enjoy July and August, because these are the months that we certainly have a blast with the weather and the beach and the pool and all that. It also signifies the end. Let's be honest. It's over. The great Billy Joel once sang, these are the times to remember. He also also sang only the good die young. Because it will not last forever. You are dead. (laughs) Jerry, I walked into a a pile of, uh, you know, 3.30 in the morning when I'm walking this dog around. I, I can't see diddly squat or poo as jim Moore would well, say. well yeah or diddly poo and i walked right into like a uh, a thing of fire ants really in your, yeah, oh, yeah. your place not in my home well oh, outside walking outside oh, on see. the sidewalk you know these ants they make like if you look around when you walk around outside we're so used to seeing just piles of ant hills and ant sure. holes and all. Yeah. they are everywhere right and i must have walked in one because as I'm walking, I feel like I keep getting bit, keep getting bit. And then when I got home, there were ants on my legs. There were ants in my flip-flops. That means you've got ants in your place. I got ants in my pants. Oh, I was killing ants in here. Then I was yeah. worried, are there ants in the in between the dog's paw pads? You know For what sure. I mean? How's, how's she doing? She all right? She seems to have no problem with the with the <laughs> ant situation. You brought in the trouble. And then I, yeah, I did notice, like, when, where I, when, where we walked in, I saw ants. I was just killing these little ants. And when I would squish these particular ants, blood would come out. Ugh, really? Either theirs or another human's. Probably, I probably just got coronavirus from somebody that an ant bit previously. You know, I don't think you that can better get coronavirus from fire ants. Okay. I'm pretty Did you? I think I saw Dr. <laughs> Fauci mention fire ants. <laughs> All right, so I'm glad you mentioned him. So two things. Just two things, and that we don't have to talk about this again for the next hour. But did you see, number one, 
he's warning of a new <laughs> No, I'm not I don't I don't watch him. He's okay. out. Well, I'm not watching anything either, but it came across the the Twitter timeline. I'm not. What's he warning of? A tsunami of uh, coronavirus? A, a new a new strain of the swine yeah. flu is oh, developing get lost. in China right now. Well, guess <laughs> what? We had the swine lost. flu here, and no one cared. No right. one paid attention. We didn't close businesses. We <laughs> all went to work. Let me give you good news. All right. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't believe it when I read that. Is this hoof and mouth um, disease? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. No. Then I read an article that scientists, this, I mean, this is again from the ever changing, you know, discoveries, I guess is the best way to put it. All right. I read yesterday now that scientists believe that most people do not spread the virus if they have it. It is the quote-unquote super spreaders that do almost 100% of the spreading. So So, it's a handful of people? Right. So the point is, here would be the good news. If there was a way to identify when you you test positive, if there was a way to identify which one you are, you could control this thing immediately. So that's at least good. I don't know if they can do that, but that's at least a positive thought. Because then we could go mob mentality. There's the super spreader. Get him. <laughs> I don't think we want to do that. Put him in a headlock and just <laughs> noogie his forehead well, until then, it goes away. But then you'd get it. Not if I was in a like a like a if I was a ma- in a mask, a goggles, a suit, gloves. <laughs> put this super spreader in a headlock and just punched him in the face a few times. And then get then him to go back home. And then one other one, and then we're done with this. They showed on uh, CBS this morning. So you've heard. If you're coming from different certain states, oh yeah, that, that you are, I, I guess you're required to isolate yourself. Self isolation. But here's the best part of it. You know how they basically make that happen when you get off the plane. You have to fill out a form. You know, have you tested positive? Yes or no. And then at that point, it's up to you to go do what you have to do. Like yeah, exactly. people aren't going to tell the truth, right? You know, have you been around anyone with COVID nineteen for the last fourteen right. days? Just check no, and you're fine. I mean. That's the problem. Whatever you, whatever we're doing, you have to be. People have to be honest and actually go do it. No, we, and people are not going to do that. It's like so. at work. Where if you show up to work sick and someone asks if you're sick, you tell them it's allergies, because you don't want to be the guy spreading disease at work. I've done that in the past, although they I have do all allergies the except once. Well, you never come in with allergies, do you? I don't know. If I sneeze or cough, I just go oh, allergies. Allergies. Got it. What time do you think I should allergies. I'm going in Friday. I'm very speaking of that. I'm very excited to be back in the studio Friday. Oh, you're going in Friday. Okay. What time do you think I should get in? Uh, I think you should get in by uh, f- uh, 4.30 at I the latest. I was going to say 4. Okay. And That's the reason fair. for that is if there's any issues, I can still get home in time, hook up, and be ready for 5. No, you cannot go in the Holland Tunnel. That's closed till 5 a.m. the Holland Tunnel. Oh, right. That's fine. I can come home if if there's a problem. I can come back through the Holland Tunnel. You can. So I think that's gonna be my goal. Four o'clock. Make sure I get in. Oh, and if man. they say no, then I'll turn around and come home and be. You might have to start on your own if I can't get in. If you get a flat tire going to work and oh, I have to do this suck. show solo, let's not. Why would you put that? Who in my would head? I do it with? Who could I call? Me and Fleetwood. How about this? You're gonna have to do a show. Talk. <laughs> like, dude. Who am I, Salicata? I can't sit here and talk to myself. Well, you you do it all day. You live by you lived alone for thirty five yeah. years. It's a all lot you of do is talk to yourself. Yeah, but it's a lot of this, Jerry. It's a lot of silence, which isn't good on the radio. And then every once in a while, I go, "You want to go for a walk?" Like <laughs> well, that. Those are the things off, I say. Offer off the listeners a virtual walk <laughs> and talk to them like they're women. Okay. <laughs> Welcome, WFAN listeners. You want to go out? You want to go for a walk? <laughs> you want a treat? Then we come back. We'll get you some breakfast. <laughs> 
god. Oh, you more... did the pee pee. <laughs> I think Mark Who's is a good vomiting girl? right now. <laughs> He's like, oh my god, I signed up five hours of this on Friday. <laughs> and happy thirty third birthday, Jerry, to yes. WFAN. Absolutely. I was. Uh, I did a little math here. I was uh, seventeen years old when WFAN came out. I okay. remember being very confused when this was announced. Now, I was a huge sports fan as a kid. I was very confused when this was announced as a radio format because I didn't know what they were going to possibly talk about all day. I thought the entire day would just be people doing fake trades. <laughs> like, would you take Daryl Strawberry for Don Mattingly? Like, this sort of thing. That's you what I thought think... it was going to be. But there had been... I mean, Art Rush Jr. did a sports show for like two hours. Yeah, I wasn't every aware. Night. Oh, okay. See, I was. I think my father listened to that, um, and I was not aware. It's weird that I was not aware of this radio station starting, and I, I was thirteen. It wasn't until I believe it was, I want to say Thanksgiving, that my uncle um, was like, "Say, have you checked out this new?" I'll never forget him asking me if I have checked out this new sports station, and I, I wasn't aware of it. Uh, for whatever reason, I guess it was different. We didn't have phones. If I didn't, you weren't driving. You weren't. I wasn't listening to the radio. Whatever. And um, so I said, "No, check it out." I remember the next morning or the next day, I listened to it, and I've been listening to it ever since. Hmm. It was that was Thanksgiving, nineteen eighty-seven. Back so then, I, I would, I would rather just listen to my White Snake cassettes. Well, that's what we did, though. Like I don't, I don't remember, aside from. When I was work, and I did, I had I, my first job when I was thirteen or fourteen. I forget was when I was uh, basically a janitor at the school that I um, just graduated from. Um, I, I don't remember listening to the radio on my own in the car with my parents for sure, but I don't ever remember walking around with a transistor or being in the back. Like I watch, my son had his friends over yesterday. They're fifteen, so they came over yesterday. They were, you know, whatever in the pool. They were doing different things, but everything they did, they had a speaker. And they had, you know, their phone, Bluetooth, and they were listening to music in the backyard. Hey, we didn't do that. We didn't bring a transistor radio right. out and play the and play different stations. So for me, when he brought it up on Thanksgiving Day, that's the first time I had heard of it. And I, like I said, I've been listening to it ever since. That's when I started. Li- I'm trying to think, was Steve on overnights then? I forget, but I very quickly became a Steve Summers fan, listening to him at night. You know, with the radio because I had the clock radio in the room. Yeah, and that's when I started listening to him. There's so many people have stories of bonding with their dads over sports radio, including many women, that when they were children in the car, they would uh, their dad would always put WFAN on. Sure. And that's how they bonded with their their dads. And then they always think of their fathers when they put WFAN on. I could see that. Makes sense. Memories. I mean, you saw, what was it? Alyssa Rose yesterday posted something about the first time she heard her dad, you know, make the an amazing Met call or something, and she's yeah. been hooked ever since. I mean, you want to talk about two people that will always have something to talk about. I mean, if there's ever a lull, just bring up the Mets, and they've got it. So I totally get it. I could see that. You know, daughter and dad, fan, there we go. Right. Father, son, One stuck thing in the I car. The one thing I don't remember about the radio station, so I was an IMUS listener, right? From from the moment that he started, I started listening to him. But I don't remember the beginning. I don't remember the morning shows in the early uh, stages of 87 when, when we first launched in July. I don't remember the John Minko morning zoo. <laughs> Too between. bad for you. 
<laughs> I, I don't. Like, those are things I do not remember. I remember, you know, I remember uh, Ed Coleman and Dave Sims. That was the the first show I ever called. And I didn't call often, but I did call them. That was the first time. Is that right? Yes. I did you have a the... fake trade? No, I was... I, I got to be honest. I was a, it was about the Giants. I don't remember why I called them, but I had a question about the Giants. And it might be the only time I ever called, to be honest. I never called Steve Summers or anybody like that, but I called Ed Coleman and Dave Sims once. So, like, I remember a lot of the old shows, um, but I don't remember the mornings until Imus got there. My dad hated Imus. <laughs> was your dad a stern guy? No, he was, uh, I don't know. No, Harry he, Harris in The Morning Mayor? Yeah, I think he just liked the music, and he like did not like Imus, Imus. He did not like Howard Stern. He did not go for any of that nonsense, Jerry. He was like a CBS FM kind of guy. So you and your dad could not bond over uh, Howard Stern? No. Actually, strangely, me and my mother bonded over Howard Stern. No kidding. Yeah, because when I was living in Florida, she used to send me cassette tapes of Howard Stern. Like, multiple times a week. Like, I had hundreds of cassettes. So he wasn't syndicated in Florida no. at that point? He was in Orlando, but I, I couldn't get it where I was in Tampa. Oh, interesting. No kidding. So That's funny. So your mom, does she still listen to him? She, uh, she doesn't, but she only because it's not part of her. Like, she used to, when she was getting ready for work, she would get up. Right. She would, she would put the cassette in. She would hit re- record for me. Then when he'd go to break, she'd pause it. Right. And then play it, and then uh, and then when the when the ninety minute cassette was full, and she you know she would go to work, she'd throw it in the mail. Very cool. That, you know what? That is quite cool. Very yeah. neat for moms. How about that? And then every what? time, like I would get in the car, like with my dad, who didn't like Howard Stern, he would still like when I was going back and forth to Florida, you know, from the plane, he would drive me to the airport, and he would always put Howard Stern on in the in the car for me. Well, that is bonding moments then. But every time it would it would always. Like, I would try to tell him, like, when he thought Howard Stern just did sex stuff, I'd be like, right. it's like it's like such a small part of the show, blah, blah, every time in the car. <laughs> it'd be something about something disgusting sexual every time. That and we'd sit there in your case. And we'd sit there in silence, and I'd be like, oh, my God, this is brutal. That's so awkward. Yeah. That is really – now, were you were you a Mike and the Mad Dog guy at all? No. No, because you were more spoiled, like a guy talk. Yeah. Do you know, I, I don't think I put this radio station on till I was coming to work here. You're kidding me. No. I mean, I was aware of Mike and the Mad Dog, but wow. I didn't ever put the station on. I can take you back to, ni- I would say. How about that? Probably 94, 95, like right around those times, I guess, 96, I guess. I'm, I'm not sure exactly the year, but I, w- I would remember the most fun for me listening to them was the football Friday shows. And when they would do, and I'm, it's weird because I can't stand when shows do NFL picks. I don't know why. I don't me like too. them. I think they're useless. Most guys are terrible at it. Um, but I also know it's segment filler for some, and everybody does it. But for some reason, the way they would set it up and the NFL music, like that, they were the first ones to do it that way for me. I'm sure others did it, but it was the first time I had heard it that way. I can remember, I mean, we'll talk about a loser. I can remember myself sitting in the parking lot at Jersey City State College waiting to go in for an evening class at 6 o'clock. Um, on, well, I guess it wouldn't have been. Yeah, it was probably the Wednesday show before Thanksgiving. And I remember waiting to go in for my class, and they were doing the thing, the two Thanksgiving Day games. And I couldn't, I mean, what a jackass. I couldn't wait to hear what they thought about the Cowboys and whoever that were going to be playing at 4 o'clock. 
Like, I mean, what's wrong? Really? That was me. Yeah. I like the show. What can I tell you? And things uh, like that. And Vinny T on Twitter says, my favorite part of growing up and going to the Mets game with my dad was putting on WFAN on the ride home after yeah. a win and hearing Steve Summers opening monologue. I agree. All those things. Absolutely. I mean, that was the beauty of the station because most postgame shows were 25, 30 minutes, and it took you at least that long to get out of the parking lot. Right. And then you'd get people calling up talking about the game you were just at. Yeah, man, it was fun. It still is. It's different. But, uh, yeah, look at that. I cannot believe you never actually listened to it. That's wild. So a happy 33rd birthday to WFAN. And May you have note. a virtual Fudgy the Whale cake. Why? Go get a Fudgy the Whale cake. Well, who's going to? They're open. Am I going to eat it with my dog here? I mean, there's no, I can't get it to anybody. Well, eat it yourself. You and your Just dog. shove a Fudgy the Whale cake right in my face. I'd probably, if Have I was getting. you look getting... at yourself in the mirror? wouldn't kill you. <laughs> if I was getting my own cake, I'd get a cookie puss. I know we'd had this discussion the other day. Didn't we? Yeah, we did. We talked I'm about cookie I'm losing my mind. Plans. I said good morning is... to Mike. I thought today was Thursday. I'm like, hey, I'm going to be in studio tomorrow, just so you know. He goes, oh, cool, both days? I said, oh. Will you remember how to get to the studio? It's been a while. Yes. I'm pretty sure I will. Yes. Put, it in, put it in your Google that Maps. That is interesting, though. We've got to take a break. But when we used to be in Astoria, that's the one. I still would be able to get there. I'm, I don't even think there's a question about it. Yeah. But that's the one that I've thought about. From time to time, I made that drive, I mean, thousands of times probably because it was however many years. Could I get in the car right now and find my way to Astoria the way I used to? And I I could, but I think it might, I don't know. I'd have to uh, tweak it a little bit. Yeah, I did that drive for only two years. There was no chance. After I'd go over the 59th Street Bridge, there was no chance I'd have. I know I'd make a left when I got to the bottom of the bridge, and from there, no idea. I did that drive from January 97 until when did we move into the new building? 2009. 2009. So I did that drive for almost 13 full years. Yeah. I think I could figure it out. All right, we've got to take a break. First break of the hour. Yeah. And then we'll get you some fun stuff after the break. And then Boomer and Geo at 6 on the fan. Alan Jerry now offering curbside delivery. Yeah, that's right. Just call us up and we'll bring it right to you. 25 after 5 on a Wednesday morning. And the guys at the CBS Sports Network and, of course, Mike Flegelman will have to disregard my email saying it's Thursday. Uh, That was disappointing. Uh, But it is Wednesday. It's hump day and it's July 1st. So not only is it the 33rd birthday uh, for WFAN, it is also reporting day for Major League Baseball. This is always one to me, Al, whether it's like February 14th or 15th, pitchers and catchers, it's like, yeah, pitchers and catchers, baseball is here. And then you wake up the next day and you realize, no, it's not. It's right. just guys reporting to where they're supposed to be, and we still got like weeks to go before we see baseball. It's guys showing up and checking in. Here I am. Is my name much. on the list. Now, it's a, it signifies a start, but it's really not much. Yeah, and yesterday, minor league baseball canceled their entire season and the folks at uh, Bloomberg News were a little confused. They had tweeted out uh, MLB has canceled its entire season. Ew. So that was well, a bit of a mistake. It's I the will, minor I will, leagues. I, I will tell you, though, when you look at the graphic, yeah. the I is a little I. So if you look quickly, it does look like MLB as opposed to MILB. Oh, okay. Hmm. So I could see how someone would have made that mistake. Yeah. That having been said, I would like to think if Major League Baseball was going to cancel their season after all the hoops they've gone through to get it going this year, you might want to double check. Yeah, double check that, Bloomberg. That would be a help. 
And I, thought, I actually thought minor league baseball was canceled already. Me too. I felt like I had read that previously. Maybe they were threatening Jerry, threatening yeah. to cancel the season. Now it's Sad. officially canceled. Sad. Does that mean Somerset Patriots no games? Excuse me. The Somerset Patriots. No, in they're New playing the Red Sox in August. <laughs> well, they'll get killed by them, Jerry. <laughs> actually, they might not. They are professional <laughs> baseball players. Do you think if the Somerset Patriots played the Boston Red Sox? In a 10-game series, they'd win any of them. Two. Two? Yeah. A minor league team would win two. They're minor league teams, but they're professional ball players. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it, listen, who are you throwing out on the mound? We start there. If you've got a guy that can hit his spots and change his speeds, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys that are major league capable. They just they never fall into it. They never get the call up. They never get the uh, the good luck of being seen at the right time. So yeah, I would say, I would say you get a couple wins out of ten. You go two and eight. Why not? See, this is what I envisioned when WFAN started thirty-three years ago. Phone calls like, "Could the Somerset Patriots defeat the Boston Red Sox two out of ten games?" It would not have lasted that long if that's no. all this was. <laughs> and uh, you know how we all are like somewhat pissed off at baseball for taking forever to get it together and and get the season. I see that the Mets have laid off 25 employees. Yeah. These people have got to be furious, furious. at yeah. baseball. Just furious. Yeah. They work in baseball. Yeah. And because they couldn't get their crap together, they're getting laid off. Well, that's part I'll of it. I, there, but there's also a big part of it, too. And I see a lot. It's not just the Mets. I believe a lot of teams yes. are laying off their ticket sales staff. True, Jerry. Not now, fair for me to point the finger at the Mets. No, no. But uh, but Only. we're in New York, and I saw the story, too. That's right. Um, but, you know, here's the problem. I don't necessarily know that they are laid off never to be brought back or, hey, guys, we can't sell tickets. Like, we, we can't yeah. have fans there. So, for instance— I was wondering this the other day because I get emails from them. Like StubHub. Like, what are they right now? Right. Like, you can't sell tickets to anything. And it's not just for a few weeks or a few months. They have not been able to sell a ticket now since mid-March. And likely, I could be wrong, but likely for the rest of the calendar year. Right. So what are they doing? I would think as a ticket company, they probably had to lay off people as well. So I'm not surprised by it. You feel horrible for the people. I just hope that they can get through the next several months and they get their job back, say, in January or maybe even December when you start to make a push for 2021, maybe even November, and you hope that this is just temporary. I really I feel bad for people. In the, you know, it's kind of like we've talked about, you know, places like Target, Home Depot, uh, pizza places or takeout restaurants where their business is really takeout, not that they're doing takeout because of this, but they right. are a takeout delivery company. Some of these companies have flourished during this time. And then there are those companies that have completely dropped dead because of this. And you really just hope that the people that have jobs like this, they just bounce back and get back on their feet sooner rather than later. That reminds me. I have to return my Go-Go's tickets for the Stone Pony Summer Stage. That has been canceled. Now, what will they do? Give you a credit? No, I think they'll give you your money back. Or a refund. I think a refund, yeah. I would take either one, though, Jerry. I'm going to eventually, at some point, go to a concert at the Stone Pony Summer Stage again. Sure. I'm now, the sure Stone Pony, is, is that just a bar, too? Like, can I go to the Stone Pony on a Friday night? Yes. Where they just have, like, a regular cover band? Or Yes. 
Could I go there on a Friday at 4 o'clock for happy hour? Is it just a bar? Um, I, No, I don't think you could do that. You'd have to go to the Wonder Bar next door. So it's really a, a, an entertainment it's, it, venue. Yeah, it's an entertainment venue. Got it. And they sell T-shirts now too, Jerry, because they're worldwide popular thanks to Mr. Bruce Springsteen. And they have been for years and years. Uh, the NBA will reportedly, Jerry, have most of its national Turner and ESPN announcers and their game analysts uh, calling the games live on site in Orlando. Right, that's great. One person who will not be going, Marv Albert. Right. Is that because of his age, or I was believe he not it's, interested? I believe it's because of his uh, age and the situation. I got it. didn't read the whole story. I got to the point where Marv Albert wasn't going, and it got me thinking. Do you think most people think they do a Marv Albert impression? Yeah, I do, actually. I, most sports fans, not just every. I'm sure there are people that don't know who Marv, Marv Albert is, but any sports fan knows who Marv Albert is, and yes. Yes. They all do it, and they've done it their whole life. Do you think if I said to my mother, can you do a Marv Albert impression? She I would think go, she'd try. But you think, do you think I would need to tell her what to say or she would know to go, yes? Um, well, I would say, has your mom watched Nick games in the past? <laughs> I don't know. My mother is not the followed she, the Knicks. No, then she might not know. Yes. That's why I say a sports fan. Like, you have to be someone that has watched Marv do games to where you know that his customary call for a made jump shot. Yes. <laughs> yes. Jefferson. Yes. We've all done it. In my head, my when I think of doing a Marv Albert impression, I don't know why, but I have Marv Albert doing football. See, I don't think it, that is interesting because Marv did football for years and years and years yeah. and years, and all I think of when I think of Marv Albert, are, it really is the is the Nick broadcaster. I don't know why, and I know he did all the national games, no question about it, blah, blah, blah. Amazing, amazing, amazing announcer. One of the best of all time. I think of him as, you know, when he did the Knicks. I don't yeah. know why. I mean, I used to watch a lot of Nick and Nets games. I used to watch every night it would be Knicks and Nets in my house. And to me, Mar, I don't know, Marv was just part of that. And then, no. of course, it became Mike Breen, but, you know, Marv. I was I'm Googling now Marv Albert's play-by-play partner. Well, Rich Gannon comes up. but it, John I'm, Andres I'm, for me. I'm thinking That's like I remember. way earlier than. Are you talking about football? Yeah, football. I'm I thinking no like idea. the NBC days. Yeah, no idea. Because when I think of – if you were to say like, oh, do a Marv Albert impression, I wouldn't go, yes. I would go, Elway unloads. See, that, that doesn't <laughs> even calculate in my head. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. Did you come up with his with his analyst yet or no? No. I'll have to check his Wikipedia page. Dan but, uh, Deerdorf. Oh, well, he was ABC, though, right? Yes. Monday Night Football. <laughs> NBC oh, Merlin Sports. Olsen. I bet. Oh, I love Merlin Olsen. That was probably Marvin Merlin Olsen, right? Oh, Jerry, if I could go back to Marvin Merlin Olsen. Why do you think Fred Dreyer never got involved in the analyst? Booth? Fred Dreyer? He's too busy doing Hunter. Wow. Broad- <laughs> broadcasting partners. There's so many of them, Jerry. Well, Chris Collins or Bo- yeah, Boomer Esiason. Well, yeah, Boomer. Football. I wonder when Boomer, if you used to say to Boomer, do a Marv impression, but you can't say yes. Do you think Boomer used to get in the car after the Monday Night Games <laughs> and just say yes to himself? Yeah. Time to the yes. <laughs> yes. Paul McGuire. Maybe that was when he did uh, football with Paul McGuire. What yeah. do you think? Okay. That makes sense. Bob Trumpy. Oh, 
Oh, that might have been that might have been a key. Pairing. Oh yeah, Sam Weish. He did games with Sam Weish. I do not remember that. I don't remember Sam Weish doing games. Oh, I do. Okay. NBC would throw anybody together back when they had football. <laughs> yes. If you played, you could talk it. Elway. Unloads. <laughs> Unloads. I'm telling you, when I think of football play-by-play on TV, or, you know, specifically big game, it is Madden and Summerall first. It just yeah. is. And that's no disrespect to anybody else. That, for me, growing up, that signified the game of the day. It just did. And now is it Buck and Aikman or Nance and Roma? It's, well, I'm a I'm – a, I'm a NFC guy. It's, yeah. it's still Buck and Aik. I love yep. Buck. I I don't know why he gets Me too. destroyed the way he love does. Love Joe Buck. I think his voice, I think his cadence, I think he's good. And I think him and Aikman have been sensational. Um, but it's still Madden and Summerall. And, yeah, you do get – you absolutely get the big game feel with Nance and Romo too and Nance and Sims for years and years. So I would say that all fits. I totally agree. You can tell when it's not. I don't know why. I guess you just get used to, A, the enormity of the game first because we're the, we're the fans and we kind of know what's on the line. But, B, you get very comfortable with the sounds that they have. And you know that every Sunday afternoon at 4 o'clock or 425, that that's the marquee game. And it's just it's the same announcers. So you right. get very used to it. Do you remember – how about this one? Do you remember Pat Summerall before he passed away, obviously? At the end of his career, after he retired, do you know he came back and did Cowboy games? Locally? Yes. Well, locally for the ones that weren't national. Yeah, so oh. like when you would have a national Packers-Seahawks was the national game, and the Cowboys played the Bucks at 1 p.m. He did like two full seasons where he was back. I mean, I had it because I had the Sunday ticket. And you got Summerall. Um, yeah, you got, uh, you got him for, yeah, I guess it was the last, probably the last two seasons he did. After he retired. Did you know that? I did I did not know that. Yeah, very interesting. I think my favorite Marv Albert impression, though, is the one that Gio does where Gio was on a uh, private plane with yes. uh, Boomer uh, and uh, the, the Westwood One staff uh, for Monday Night Football. It was a Boomer and Marv Albert was on the plane, and Boomer was complaining or yelling about something. And I believe Marv Albert started doing play-by-play of Boomer being angry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get the sense Marv does play by play every walk of life. Imagine <laughs> <laughs> him checking out at Stop and Shop. <laughs> I will. Oh yes, I do. I, I did take a, a plane one time with Boomer and Marv Albert, and Marv Albert in person does seem like he's like um, an icon. Like you, you feel he like is. you're you're on a plane with an icon. Because he is. He's a legend. Yeah. Sir, will you be using a debit card for your purchase? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and you're right. No matter what Marv Albert says, even if he's talking to like a flight attendant, it's it's like, wow, that's Marv Albert. <laughs> Sir, would you like peanuts? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is true. We got to take a break, but it is true. And I told you, one of the coolest moments of my WFAN career as a producer for one year with Joe Beningo yeah. was when he gave me Marv Albert's office number at the garden to call him and book him on the show. And I was like, ner- I was, I was twenty two. I was nervous to call Marv Albert. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then I get the voicemail like, this guy's not going to call me back. And then, like eight minutes later, my phone's ringing. Never in a million years, and there was no caller ID in nineteen ninety. I didn't have it. Whatever year it was, ninety seven. I'm sure they had it. I didn't have it. And I pick up thinking it's a friend of mine. <laughs> uh, Jerry, 
Marv Albert here. <laughs> I'm looking for Jerry Recco. I almost fell down. <laughs> this is pretty wild. We're late. We got to take a break. It's almost 20 in front of six. We are rapidly approaching Boomer and Geo then right here on The Fan. Alan Jerry, this is the new normal. Sure is 17 in front of six. 543, they call it, if I do my math correctly. Here on The Fan, we got Boomer and Geo coming up at six. We really haven't gotten to any... Uh, goofy stories, but I will say I think it was Al that posted yesterday the new the new picture that the Mets signed. Uh, was that you that put no, up the profile pic? That no, was not I you. Did, that was not me. I did have a couple of people send it to me though. <laughs> was it Greg? All right, so Mike's telling me it was G that posted the picture of the guy, and I'm sure he's a lovely human being. I'm sure he's the nicest guy in the world. He might be a great father and a great great husband and a great son and all that and he probably does wonderful things for charity and he's just a great awesome <laughs> dude but oh my Gio's god he looks right like now. a serial killer <laughs> <laughs> did you see it i did see it i'm i'm, I'm laughing because i'm reading geo's tweet what did he write because there was some that made me laugh i don't remember so the guy that looks like a serial killer he looks like he's he is just got a very bizarre look in his face, and G and the guy's <laughs> name is Jared Hughes. Right. So Geo tweeted, "Welcome, Jared. What does my soul look like?" <laughs> <That's> what... <laughs> he looks like a character on Charm. He is just pe- his eyes are piercing into your soul. <laughs> oh my! Right. So I... <laughs> I'm going to say he's intimidating on the mound. Oh my God! You would think so. Yeah, so, I wouldn't yes. want to so, face this guy. His I'm hat's sh- a little crooked. His eyes are just, I his, mean, it he is looks insane. mean. <laughs> Again, I'm sure he's a lovely guy, but wow, what a picture. And that, Ooh. listen, film can do that to you. <laughs> I'm sure there are some not so flattering shots of you over the years. Oh, yeah. Right. So, but I, I guess my question would be why put that one out? <laughs> right. Like, you're right. In the past, you would take a photo, you'd you'd go to Walgreens to get it developed, you get it back, you'd be like, look at this insane photo of me. I look like I'm uh, staring into your soul. Now, you take a picture, you go, you, nope. know what, you know what, Jared? Let me take another one because <laughs> you look like you are insane right now. <laughs> he looks like he was just arrested and it was his mugshot. Yeah. Right. Let's see. He is. Uh, yes, he is married to Kelly Hughes. They were married in 2011. Have a son who was born in 2016. He's and been like with the I, Astros, Phillies, Reds, Brewers. Right. And I'm Pirates. sure he is a great guy. Well, I don't know that, but he very well could be the best human being on the planet. Right. Husband, dad, all that stuff. But that photo, my God, <laughs> it to me it reminds me of when I saw there's there's two guys that when the picture comes up, I really do think. That we've had contact from another <laughs> another universe. You think could be an alien? Brett Gardner without his hat on. <laughs> and Adam Silver. <laughs> right. I'd love to put uh, Jared Hughes in with them. Imagine that trio. Yeah. Bring <laughs> that, it, aliens. That, there's the new band, Boot and a Cane. <laughs> right, Boot and a Cane with Jared Hughes. Oh, man. Pretty funny. So, yeah. so I had to bring that up because I, I thought I didn't realize it was G. I thought you posted. Yeah, that. that's very funny. No, I did have a couple of alert to Twitter followers and um, warm up show listeners. Jerry, fire that off to me. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, you know how a lot of, you know, we're trying to get people to we're still, you know, three months into the pa- this pandemic or wherever we are still trying to get people to wear masks and such. Yes. Well, a a genius company in Kansas City has a great idea. They are selling masks that have a saying on it. The mask says, 
help keep Patrick Mahomes safe, wear a mask. <laughs> I like what that. What a great idea. And I'll bet you in Kansas City, they're all buying in. Yes. That does not surprise me. Like, do we have a do we have a sports hero here, Jerry, in New York, New Jersey area, that we we really don't want to get coronavirus? Well, I would think. Of, of everyone. It's the two quarterbacks for the Giants and Jets, isn't it? Isn't it Saquon Barkley, maybe? Saquon Barkley or Daniel Jones? Like, who do yeah. you think is more valuable? Sam probably Arnold. Probably the quarterback position is more valuable. You know, Aaron well, Judge. Well, how come you just devalued the running back? What about Jacob DeGrom? Uh, he's probably the biggest one, yes. Why doesn't the – I bet this – hey, I'm going to throw this idea to the seven line. Yeah, but Help then they're keep, stealing it. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Help – it's for the children, Jerry, right. and the safety of of Americans. There you go. Help keep Jacob DeGrom safe, wear a mask. But then the Yankee fans wouldn't wear it, so you'd need a Yankee one. That's true. Did you see the one guy uh, in – I think it was Manhattan, I think – where he can, I guess people either take a scan. I don't think it's drawn. I think they take a scan of your face, and then they print that on the mask. So when you put the mask on, it looks like you're not wearing a mask. Oh, no, I did not see this. Which is, it's neat, but it's creepy at the same time. Yeah, that is weird. But it does look, like they showed one on the news. I was like, wow. Like, it doesn't look, it didn't look like the woman was wearing a mask at all. Really? And then all of a sudden, as she kind of turned, you could see the strap and the right side and left side didn't have the image it was just the front but very creative i thought it was an interesting concept the thing i don't here's the thing i like about the mask i like the mask that you can just kind of wander around you're looking around at people and you can't see if and people are looking at you but you can't yeah. see the facial expressions that's kind of cool so yeah but then you i think you notice how much you give off non-verbals with your mouth like if uh and i find this in the supermarket I'm a little wild with my supermarket cart. I, I tend to go faster than I should down the aisles. I make wide turns. So if I almost run into an older... What NASCAR track? <laughs> like, what are you rushing to get I'm not home sure. for? I don't know what I'm rushing to do anything. Jerry, I have nothing to do. I'm well aware. Your calendar is blank. But yet every time I go to do something, I rush through it. Yeah, I don't get that. I don't either. So when I'm coming around the corner and almost hit an old lady full of... Uh, groceries i smile and therefore disarm the whole situation Can't tell. when i when i have a mask on i just look like jared hughes i'm just staring at somebody looking like a crazy person we had uh i guess it was monday night i was out and was doing something with my wife and she said something that i didn't care for and she saw my eyes mm. and she goes you're basically telling me to go blank myself right now under <laughs> that mask, aren't you? <laughs> right. <laughs> and we were with we were with friends, and uh, they started laughing. And I just said, "I'm not going to deny that." <laughs> See, if you could have smiled with those eyes, it would you would have disarmed the whole situation. Yeah, but I wasn't smiling. She actually you were read not it smiling. Yeah, yeah, but 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 in other cases, people can't tell that you're talking to yourself or right. saying anything. So. That's kind of funny. Yeah. I miss the nonverbal smiles, Jerry, smiling at a stranger. I guess. I mean, you know, I don't miss saying hi to people and them ignoring you. Mumbling I'm sorry underneath as I walk by and almost hit them with my cart full of chicken and sweet potatoes. Because you're in a rush to go home to do nothing. To do nothing. Literally nothing. nothing. Well, that's not true anymore because now you do have a – you have a, a dependent animal on you. Yes, this dog is very dependent on me. So at least in that case, it's like, you know, I got to take the dog for the walk before that stuff's all in the house again. 
It does feel powerful. Like, I decide whether this dog eats or not. <laughs> That's nice. That seems powerful. Why would you even think that thought? I do think it because I, like I like to know that the animal is counting on me. Are you dominant like that in your relationship with your girlfriend? <laughs> no, because I'm we'll sure she can find it. We'll go out when I say we're going out. <laughs> I'm sure she can find another gentleman who will take her out and feed her. <laughs> and be nice to her. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, no, it's a different relationship. Won't be, in, won't be excited to argue. <laughs> but I'm also counting on this dog not to do diarrhea in the house. Well, you know what I mean? Like, you're a few a, months away. You're getting it, there. It's a give and take. We're, you're getting there. I'm counting on the dog. The dog's counting on me. It's a nice relationship. That's true. If the dog was smart, she would have the power. Feed yeah. me or else. Right. <laughs> because here I'm we go. S- I'm starting to squat. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, while you do that, and you feel free to squat in your house all you want because you got Thank a couple you. minutes to do so, one final break. We'll get you Boomer and Geo at 6. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry. The superheroes of WFAN. All right, we got a couple more minutes to the top, and then Boomer and Geo come your way. Al, what else you got? SNY also had tweeted out um, Jared Hughes was on the Phillies last year. They, they tweeted out a video of Jared Hughes running in from the bullpen. Right. Very awkward run that he has. And the catcher looks at him and just rolls his eyes like, I can't <laughs> believe this guy is coming into pitch. Well, yeah, some some of these relievers are nuts. Think about Craig Kimbrell. Remember that stupid windup he had? I think it was, yes. right? That was him, right? Yes, I believe so. Where he goes all the way down like a hawk, and then the people are, like, mocking him <laughs> behind home plate when they're – like, how do you have the confidence? Like, you got to be really awesome. Yeah. To develop a windup like that or a stretch like that, I guess, is more so what it is. To be able to continually – first of all, if you were, like, the high school baseball coach and I saw a kid go out there and pitch, I mean, what are you doing? Yeah, you would change it. But then again – if he's throwing 97 and blowing kids away, I'm like, you know what? Do your thing. But you really got to develop some confidence to stick with something like that. So for Absolutely. this guy who's going to run weird, we can all roll our eyes, get guys out. Yes. And uh, Bryson DeChambeau, Jerry, he uh, revealed a little bit of his diet. In addition to eating, you know, normal meals of steak and potatoes and things, he's slamming seven protein shakes a day. Yeah, that seems like a lot. That is a lot. I mean, I have a couple, and I have. There a day? You have a couple I, a day? They, no, no, not right now. There, oh. there have been times where I've had one for breakfast and then one as a snack. It's a lot. I can't imagine more than that. And you're telling me six or seven a day on top of eating? With his that, regular meals where he's eating steak and potatoes. Yeah, I don't know. That seems a little bizarre. If you told me he was on like a liquid diet and he was having six of those a day, one for a meal and one for a snack, you know, six times, I could see that. I think I'd get sick of it very quickly, but I could see that. That on top of food, ugh. Then he says he he has uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches throughout the day. Well, what the hell is this guy consuming? 8,000 calories a day? (laughs) No, then the article said he's consuming 3,500 calories a day. No chance. They had to get that wrong. The three has to be an eight. It has to be. I agree. I mean, the The peanut butter and jelly sandwich is 500 calories. Right. The shakes alone have got to be. 350. Right. Probably. So if you have six of those, I mean, you're already 2,000, 2,100. Yeah. And then having sandwiches throughout the day and having meals? Come on. And uh, and two very popular television programs coming back for another season, Curb Your Enthusiasm. And I'm not interested anymore. Yeah, I've lo- I've, I'm with you. I've and Ozark, the- I watched one episode. It was good. I had enough. I'm, yeah, whatever. and Ozark uh, season four uh, people we- are very into. 
I wanted to get to Tarek Mustafa. Oh, yeah. Saturday and Sunday. Oh. The fireworks are <laughs> right here on the fan.